Welcome back. My name is Huang Le Tu. I am a senior analyst at the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. And today we're talking about the upcoming Democracy Summit. I'm joined by Stephen Feldstein. I'm a senior fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace in, in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the podcast, Stephen. Uh, so we are uh, going to see the Biden's Democracy Summit happening very soon. This is his initiative, um, his baby uh, from the beginning. But um, as we saw the list of the invitee, invited countries, there are already some controversies around um, this summit, who is in and who is out. You've written a really interesting piece for the Carnegie, and I wanted to ask your assessment so far. What does that mean um, that those who got in and those who did not make it to the list? Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. So I would say a few quick things off the bat. First of all, uh, you know, when given the choice about whether to have a lot of countries or a small tent, uh, the Biden administration definitely went for the larger number. And so there are several countries that people are sort of asked questions about and sort of asked, are they really democracies? Pakistan, Iraq, uh, Angola, Malaysia are among those countries. Uh, I think the two countries people are talking about that were not invited uh, are Hungary and Turkey. Those are really two that are on people's minds. Also Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. So, you know, there's been kind of an interesting mixed bag. There's been people that have been, but there's been definitely some pushback and questions about how the number eventually was settled on. Yes, and in terms of Asia Pacific or specifically Southeast Asia, only three countries from ASEAN were invited. Four, if you count Timor, which is outside of ASEAN, but a young and looking rather rather good in in terms of comparative terms. But I think uh, the controversy about the summit was not just about who is in and who's out, but I think it invokes the, the emphasis on ideology that is not very well received in the region. Um, because, for example, you know, the last time that U.S. was so strong on ideology was during the Cold War era and, mm. and the war in Vietnam. And in the post-Cold War era, Vietnam had to go through transformation and embark on a really uh, uh, abandoning that dichotomy of us versus them and becoming more pragmatic and therefore is becoming more uh, a stronger partner with the U.S. So here we are with going back full circle of division us versus them. So it's, I think this is not very well received within the region, which is... Um, largely much more pragmatic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say that, like, I can understand, you know, the, the, the argument that it looks like there's a division that's being created between countries that are democratic and not. Uh, I, you know, I think with the Biden administration, their intent really was to try to be inclusive and to not draw a hard line between a small number of advanced countries that hit a certain threshold and others that have a lot of work to do, frankly, but, you know, have elections and representation and so forth. And I do think that they're really trying to emphasize less of the kind of geopolitical alignment, even though that's an underlying subtext of the of the summit, and more to focus on the values and the connection with citizens, which are kind of universal principles that, you know, I think all of us can sort of relate to in terms of having adequate political freedoms, representation in their governments, uh, fighting corruption, protecting human rights, which really, you know, are not an American thing, uh, but ought to be viewed as a global uh, set of principles. That's right. And speaking of alignment, I think this is also a weak point of uh, in terms of argumenting and basing the alignment up, uh, on because democracy is very fragile and uh, US knows that as well. 
uh, a number of very notable participants in the summit also are experiencing challenges to all their own democratic health. And I think, uh, as you mentioned, democracy is about performance also uh, in of the democratic institutions. So it's not very stable thing or something that we can take for granted. And above all, I think in the region, especially in Asia, you talk about uh, some sort of alignment or like-mindedness. It's uh, ultimately not based on ideology, but on a common threat perception. So I don't think it's a very strong um, uh, kind of base for for alignment to be built in, but uh, built on. But uh, there are, um, you know, there are three major uh, goals for this summit, which is defending against authoritarianism, addressing and fighting corruption, and promoting and respect human rights. So, uh, what do you, Stephen, um, expect from the the performance of the summit, and can we expect also this summit uh, to be? Uh, uh, coming up again next year? Is this something that is yeah. asking or just one off? Yeah, well, a couple of things really fast. So one is that this is definitely supposed to be the beginning of a process. And there actually are plans to have an in-person summit convened next year at the end of the year. And so in the intervening time, the Biden administration is calling this a year of action where countries will give commitments in terms of what they will do to advance democracies in their own contexts. And they will then be uh, spend a year implementing those ideas and then they'll all come back together hopefully in person in washington to to discuss ways forward from there so in that sense i don't view the summit as necessarily it's what are we going to do after mm -hmm. december 10th it's more what process is going to be initiated over that year to bring about better democratic commitments that's right and i think um dan's later said it the best democracy should be a goal not a club uh, we will expect more to talk about that. Thank you for being with me today. Thanks for having me 